Hi, and welcome back to Mousebirds, your family vacation planning experts. Mousebirds is brought to you by the Tomorrowland Travel Authority Vacations Travel Agency. Your three hosts are your agents at the TTA Vacations. We can help you plan your Disney Universal or Cruise Line vacation. We know the parks and resorts inside and out. So if you're planning an, any kind of Orlando or Central Florida vacation, please email us at ttavacations at gmail.com. Our services are free and we can help make your trip better. I'm your host, Ron, with my co-host, Laurel. Hi, guys. And Rachel. Yo-ho, yo-ho, a pirate's life for me. Today, we're kind of doing a 101 on the Magic Kingdom, but we're not going to go around and talk to you about every ride and restaurant. I think you've heard that enough. And if you're listening to a Disney podcast, you probably know all that. What we're going to do is talk our basic morning strategy, our three must-dos for a day at the Magic Kingdom, and then what we're going to eat. We're going to do a table service, a counter service, and a snack. So... Let's go ahead and start with Rachel. What's the first thing you do when you enter the park in the morning? Man, the very first thing that I do when I walk into a park usually involves coffee first. But somewhere along the way, I also get diverted because I immediately first want to take that family photo in front of the Magic Kingdom Castle. So it's, a, it's such an iconic thing. And I feel like... It's on my number one item to do anytime I'm at the Magic Kingdom. And if you don't do it, when you first walk in, you just won't get it done. Yeah. Or like you're going to be like downtrodden at the end yes. of the day and tired and your whole crew is going to be disheveled. And yeah, I just yes. get it when you first walk in. And yes. for me, it wasn't a thing I always wanted to do. But now that we've got the kids, I think it's a good thing to kind of keep doing so you get that same family shot year after year to kind of watch the kids grow. I agree. And sometimes there are lines that build up over there. So my strategy is that uh, one of us stays in line with the kids and then the other one goes to Starbucks to get coffee. Okay. Because... I was just going to ask if you're a Joffrey's or a Starbucks. Yep. You know, and, and I, I will always prefer Starbucks over Joffrey's. I know there's a lot of people out there who probably feel differently, and that, that's you. Uh, that is perfectly fine. And th there's nothing wrong with Joffrey's coffee. I just think that the flavor of the coffee at Starbucks is better. But the other issue for me is I don't want to have to wait for my coffee to get all the way into Tomorrowland. Mm -hmm. So it is always more convenient for me to go to Starbucks right there on Main Street than it ever would be to go to Joffrey's all the way in the back in Tomorrowland. And they have a really uh, nice size, significantly large, like, you know, breakfast item, food item section. Yep. Whereas most of the Joffrey's carts, you know, they may have one or two items. Maybe it's just donuts. Yep. Maybe they'll have like some, I don't know, some cookies or something special, maybe a couple of cupcakes or something. But at least at the Starbucks, if you want something savory, they have some items. If you want sweet, they have some items. And frankly, you can get stuff for kids or adults and find plenty of stuff. Yeah. And you know what? I, I do acknowledge that the lines at the Joffrey's are usually shorter than at Starbucks. So that is a good opportunity for people who really don't want to wait in the line at Starbucks. So I, I get it. You know, that 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 is certainly a good perk there. I just know because I am a coffee first kind of human when I wake up in the morning that I cannot make it to Joffrey's. Yeah. So I, 
I will I will suffer through the line at Starbucks if necessary. Do they do mobile order at that Starbucks and Main Street? No, that I is think, a good question. I don't know. I, you know, I. I, I, I bet you at one point, but I remember during the pandemic, a lot of the mobile order was like off and on, off and on. Yeah, I think all the Starbucks you have to go in because I end up waiting in those lines a lot. I'm usually a coffee at the resort before I leave kind of person. So I usually do wait to get to that Joffrey's car in Tomorrowland because I really like that shaken Jamaican yeah, that they do. Yeah, the shake, shaky Jamaican. Yeah. Um, but a, a lot of the time I'm more of a Starbucks in the afternoon because I've already had my regular coffee in the yeah. morning. But I know I do have to wait in line a lot, I think. Because at the other parks, I tend to go to uh, the Starbucks. I usually go to the one at Animal Kingdom, usually the one at the studios at the uh, yeah. trolley car cafe. That, that, that's a well, Disney. You need to find a way to mobile order at Starbucks <laughs> if you don't, if you're not doing it now. Yeah, I that, that would be like so easy. Like if you could like do your order while walking over, right? Like if you're, yeah, yeah, while you're on your your bus, just waiting, you know, do, going through the the little bit of traffic to get to the park that you're entering. Well, that would be fantastic. Line. <laughs> and then, of course, the nice thing about a mobile order is that literally, as soon as you walk through the entryway of your park, then you just said, "I'm here," and then it, they start making your order. It's like. You know, million dollar idea, Disney. <laughs> so. Selling a million more coffees. Um, I I kind of agree with you, Rachel, that I'm also like a quick to run to the coffee stand at <laughs> Starbucks. Hmm. I, I'm quick to run to the coffee at Starbucks as well when we walk in, just because even though I may have already had that coffee in the morning, it's usually not enough. I need like a good sized coffee to get me through like that first half of the day. Um, just with the kids and the running around and getting used to and acclimated to the heat. So yeah, like I, I feel the same about the Starbucks being a big part of my entry. So yeah. So, uh, Ron, are you next? I was going to say, uh, after you get the stuff on main street, sometimes you can do that a little bit before the park opens. Where are you headed first? Like ride wise, would oh, you yeah. say Rachel? For me, I would say my first is always going to be Space Mountain, you know, especially if I choose not to do uh, Genie Plus for the day. Um, But if I do choose Genie Plus for the day, oh, we're going to have to do a whole different podcast to talk about that. But, you know, honestly, I I like to do Space Mountain first thing just because it is a real wake you up kind of ride. Um, it's a nice thrill. Also by doing it first in the morning, it's a, you know, you get through some of that line. Um, but also again, you're close to the, the Joffrey's card. So then if I really didn't get to get my coffee at Starbucks and the line was just too extraordinary, then I kept my backup source. Right. Uh, it, but yeah, I would say it would be space mountain. And then I guess for me, the other rides that are like must do's absolutely I will not survive this trip if I do not do these rides, um, which would be Jungle Cruise and then the Enchanted Tiki Room. So of course going over to Adventureland. Um, for me, those particular rides, as well as Space Mountain, the reason why those rides are probably so special to me is because I just have very fond memories of being at on those 
you know, in those experiences as a child with my father and with our family. And I feel closer to him whenever I go do those experiences. Yeah. So they definitely remind me of those times of my life whenever, you know, life was just easy breezy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I got to just really enjoy that quality time. Uh, I just know that anytime I'm in the tiki room, I know that dad is like saying, here, here, tiki birds here, here. And then of course, when we're on like jungle cruise, I know he's saying bravo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dad's all about the dad jokes for sure. Yes. Um, yes. I mean, we still, re- we repeat some of them. Like that's how intense the dad jokes were in our house. That's for sure. Um, and just to recall your space mountain idea. Um, do you want to tell everyone why space mountain is so important for us? Yeah, so for me, going on Space Mountain is not really just the the thrill of being on the ride, but I also just remember talking to Dad in the line, waiting for the ride. I remember being on the ride with him, helping him get into the ride, helping him get out of the ride, the pictures during the ride. Like, I still remember seeing... Uh, I, I still remember being a- in the ride and then going to see the pictures afterwards with him and then seeing our crazy faces in the yeah. ride, so... It's just, those are certain things I think that you really hold on to as a, as a Disney park goer. And that's part of the reason I think why so many people love going back is because you really do kind of want to recreate those experiences over and over and over again, because they just remind you of such a happy time in your life. And, you know, it's, it, it, I, I look forward to whenever my child is old enough to go on space mountain, because I just know he is going to be crazy about it. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> just, and, and who, who knows, maybe I'm nuts. Maybe he'll be like, mom, this is lame. Well, you know, there's going to be like new, <laughs> Tron, you know, Tron's going to be his favorite. Ride. I know. Right. Like, <laughs> like, mom, I don't understand why you care so much about space mountain when thunder mountain is right down the road over here. And that is way cooler. Yeah. Okay. So our, our mom's favorite ride is Space Mountain. And, you know, when we were, and now, like as adults, so I should, or older adults, I should say as children, I don't recall our mom's favorite ride being Space Mountain. I think that she gained that love and joy because our dad was so obsessed with Space Mountain. Yes. So, you know, so now, like, as we're all much older together and we go to the parks together, our mom goes above and beyond to make sure we get to space mountain pretty early in the day. (laughs) She doesn't have very many things she insists on doing, but so we, we know that that's a big thing for her to honor space mountain. And so we do try to get there early so we can get it done, make sure we didn't wait in line too long, you know? So yeah, space Mountain's a big one. I agree. It it holds my heart. So I'm the planner of our family, even beyond you know, we all know how to plan Disney, but I'm the more like to the moment, like spreadsheet guy of the family. And so I hop in the park. I've had my coffee. I could keep going. I know those rope drops are important. So the, my first thing is going to depend on if I have early entry and if I'm there for early entry or if I'm not. And if I have Genie Plus. And one of the things, you know, I get asked a lot and we get asked a lot as an agency is, is Genie Plus necessary? And, you know, there's some news this week that Genie Plus is now going to charge differently depending on your park. And the Magic Kingdom seems to always be the most expensive because I also think it's the most necessary. I almost always get Genie Plus for the Magic Kingdom every time I'm there. If I'm there more than one day on a trip, 
I'm probably not getting it every time, but if I'm doing one full day at the Magic Kingdom, I'm usually going to get Genie Plus for that. So if I there for early entry, I'm going straight to Seven Dwarves Mine Train because that is still not on the Genie Plus normal. It's the individual Lightning Lane. You have to buy it a la carte. Oh, yeah. And it has a queue. Unlike Tron, which we have not, any of us have been there for Tron yet. So that could throw off our plans a little bit. But that has the virtual queue and the individual lightning lane. So I'm doing those first or before I even get in the park normally. So those are going to be done at 7 a.m. Try and get one or the other right away. And then I'm doing, if I, and if I don't have Genie Plus, I'm probably doing either Peter Pan or Jungle Cruise first. Because those are the hardest to get of the other kind of Genie Plus things. So whichever one I don't get, I'll usually try and get Peter Pan and go to Jungle first. Yeah. Just because that's an easier way to walk around. I I agree with you. And the other also is it gets pretty hot later in the day. Jungle Cruise is an outdoor ride. Um, It's an outdoor line and an outdoor ride. So if you're thinking you might be more sensitive to the heat as you get towards the middle of the day, probably best to just go and get Adventureland and Jungle Cruise done early uh, that way, because most of those things are outdoors. Whereas if you go towards Fantasyland later in the day, most of those lines and queues are indoors. But, but you know, it's a trade-off. <laughs> I was going to say Peter Pan's queue is mostly outdoors, but I always forget they did they that. Just did the, they, they, that uh, they not just did it. It's five, yeah, yeah. ten years ago now. But, but that queue is amazing. Worth standing in line for if you don't have Genie Plus, for sure. Yeah, it's definitely worth a half-hour wait just to our, see our that Our daughter queue. was loving it the whole time. She chased searching Tinkerbell through. around. We had to chase her through the queue because she yeah. <laughs> ran in other people's sections. Yeah, but yeah, you know, the kids love it. Yeah. Um, now, so, I, I have actually also done Jungle Cruise at night. So if I was like having a real winter winter day i would do it first thing in the morning and near the end of the day because there is something special doing jungle cruise at night yeah uh, i agree it is a it's a different experience and it's it's creepy <laughs> oh, i totally agree so i have a nighttime jungle cruise experience when my mom and i were in hong kong oh. and the last like half a day we had in hong kong we were like let's go to disneyland and um the last ride we did at Disneyland before we went to our hotel to like get ready to pack and catch our flight back um, was Jungle Cruise. And, it, you know, that was a unique experience in and of itself. Anytime you go to a, a park, a, the- a Disney park in another country, it's always going to be special. But that in so many ways, that being the last ride, kind of like it made our Hong Kong Disneyland trip because it was so much fun and we had a great time. It was us and a bunch of Aussies on our boat. We had a great, we had a blast. <laughs> it's the best cruise. <laughs> and I think I did the Jungle Cruise like two in the morning once. It was either one of those really late night. Yeah. And they used to have the late night after hours or it was a 24 hour day. I can't remember because I can't remember a lot of that because I was. It's a long day. I was exhausted on like four hours sleep for that. But at night they don't work blue. But they do work a little more adult at night. Like yeah. the jokes are a little more double entendres. Oh. Your, I mean, the Jungle Cruise, I mean, if you get a good skipper, is the best ride in the park. Agreed. And if you get a mediocre skipper, you're going to wonder still, why you did that. Yeah. I mean, I would say, though, even with a mediocre skipper, it's still a good ride. The kids are always going to love it for the most part. Until you have teenagers, that might be different because they don't like dad jokes. But. <laughs> 
you know, I, for the most part, even if you have a mediocre skipper, it's still good. And what I really love about Jungle Cruise is every single time you go on it, it's different. It's not the same. You know, every if you go back yearly, it's a different experience. Um, so that's my morning is get get those done and just work my way around. Uh, I do end up backtracking more throughout the Magic Kingdom just because I think the hub kind of works a little more for backtracking as opposed to like World Showcase at Epcot where you got to go all the way around to get somewhere. Um, but my must-dos, uh, my favorite ride as a kid was the Haunted Mansion. I grew up and worked at the Haunted Mansion for about four years where I was in college, where I was a cast member. Uh, it's where Laurel and I got engaged. So it's always a must do on our trips. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I don't always catch all three, but I always have to catch at least one of the animatronic shows. Usually it's two or three of them, but it has to be Tiki's bears, country bear jamboree or the carousel progress. Try and do all three. They're usually great in the afternoon to do because yeah. You get in in one or two shows at most, you're usually going to get in on the next show. Yeah. And so it's only about a 5, 10, 12-minute wait, depending on which one you're yeah. at. Our, our daughter loves all three of them, so we'll start with that. If you have children that are a little bit more nervous on some of the more thrill rides, they're great shows to just sit there with your kids. and then they, they, they can just enjoy and sing and kind of go with it. Even Carousel of Progress, at first, may seem a little bit relaxed, um, but there's a lot of you know, stimuli with different things going on. And she still had a great time in that show. She wasn't bored or anything like that. And I think the the first time we took our daughter to Tiki, she might've been an infant, maybe like a year old, give or take. And she was flipping out, having a blast, like laughing and pointing and doing. It was just two. Cause it was no, cause it was, Oh, even yo, even yeah, when, like, yeah, like our first trip when she was there. Yeah, yeah. And everybody in the tiki room, they stopped watching the tiki room, and they were watching her because of her level of enjoyment loving these tiki birds. So totally. Yeah, oh, I remember that she was in the baby carrier. Yeah, and, yeah, she was in the baby oh, carrier, clapping. That was the adoption finalization. Trip. Yes, yes, yes. When she was yes. about nine months old. Yeah. Yeah, and that was like such a little memory and. I will say this. I wasn't a huge Tiki person (laughs) until I honestly would say like that memory now solidifies for me. Like now I have to go to Tiki. Well, that's I mean, that's the other one I worked at. But so it's always been on my list for that. But it's a second trip or not the second trip, but the trip right after when everything reopened and she was two, Mm -hmm. we went in there again. And that's what I remember is her. Up in the middle of the room, oh, clapping and singing. She stood up. She in didn't the know middle. the lyrics. She was just singing along, and she was looking around like, "Why aren't you people dancing?" <laughs> um, so that's my number two, and my number three is a uh, the TTA People Mover. Yeah, just because it's a nice one. Of the, once again, it's something that you can do midday. You're not yes. going to wait, you know, very long. It's a nice long ride. It's not air conditioned like the others. But you get a nice breeze as you drive through. You get a couple mi- moments of air conditioning. Mm-hmm. And it's just a nice, relaxing, sightseeing, like, way to recoup a little bit of energy, yeah. but be entertained while you're doing it. It's also kind of cool because the people in your car are facing each other as opposed yes. to, you know, like on Spaceship Earth, for instance, where everyone's facing forward or backward, right? It's kind of a, a, a unique experience to, like, see the faces of the other people in your party, 
while you're enjoying it. You can also get it like a photo op. We got some really cute photos of our daughter with our yeah. mom during one of our people mover trips and or one of our people mover rides. And, you know, they've turned out amazing, you know, so it's just kind of like a different little experience. Should we tell about our, <laughs> our people mover breakdown experience? I mean, it's, you know, experiencing ride breakdowns is normal. This happens to, if you visit the parks enough, it certainly will happen to you. Let's just say that. Um, these things happen with high crowds, you know, high, you know, not really at high frequency, but certainly with high crowds, things are going to happen. So on one of our people mover rides, we got stuck inside Space Mountain. And it's really dark in that section because it's all dark. <laughs> Because Space Mountain's dark, and all you're hearing is the screams of people riding Space Mountain. So that was a, a pretty interesting 30 minutes <laughs> of Disney experience. Um, but they and they had to turn on all the lights in Space Mountain in order to evacuate everybody um in the people mover because there were multiple cars stuck in in there. So yeah, that was an interesting experience, but definitely a bucket list. I was about to say for a lot of people getting evac from the people mover yeah. is weirdly a bucket list. And we were in the right spot yes, we that we get the perfect. full experience of it. Uh not that well, you want to get stuck. I, but. I can one up you on the getting stuck. Uh I I was evac'd from Rise of the Resistance and none oh. of you guys can can uh can say that that happened to you because I, this was during child swap. <laughs> So, <laughs> so my husband got to go on and then we did child swap and then I went to go on. And of course we shut, we, we broke down near the end of the ride, of course, so close to getting done with that ride. Um, and then of course we were sitting there for forever. I was so angry. I was like, no, <laughs> you're like, I finally got on this. I finally got on this ride. This is all I wanted to do today. It's my wedding anniversary and it's May the 4th and I cannot finish this ride. And so, <laughs> and so of course, um, you know, we, and then we get evac and then they turn the lights on and I was like, okay, well, this is, this, this is, is different. different. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And of course they had us all come back later on. So then I had to like haul myself all the way across the park again so I could go on the ride again. And uh, by golly, I was, it was going to have to finish. <laughs> so Did, do, uh, I mean, was it worth it? Well, to be really honest, yes and no. It was worth it because I got to do something obviously that a lot of people don't get to do, which is I got to walk on like the ground of the ride and the floor area and the stairwells that you don't go up and down. And so, yes, I got to see some stuff that uh you that you, most people don't normally get to see but i still didn't really get to have the full experience even when i got back to the ride later because the rest of the ride had broken down when i came back so but i didn't get to do uh. any of the intro stuff we just kind of went straight to the portion for the ride which in my opinion kind of breaks up the experience so i i still have not actually had a full ride yet on that ride something to look forward to on your next trip. yes yes T tell me about it this is actually again this is what i'm looking forward to uh but this time i swear i'm going first <laughs> well, we've never had an a mode either yeah, we've only gotten true. the b mode kylo ren 
We've never seen the big animatronic yes. one. We've only seen the well, TIE fighter. And, and that's where it broke down for me. It was right at that part. So even I didn't get to see either or. <laughs> so so uh, on the second time around, you're right that we did not have A mode. We had B mode. So we didn't really get to see the actual Kylo Ren part. It was the, the TIE fighter portion. Mm-hmm. And this but, is why it's not a Magic Kingdom tip, but this is why it's kind of key to get Rise of the Resistance early in the day. Because yes. it's not uncommon for there to be a short breakdown even in the middle of the day. And it's one of those things where there's often it's that animatronic that's going to yeah. go down. It is a, it's a highly evolved animatronic. So it's just to start, you know. So we do appreciate that Disney um, is experimenting with new tech. But, you know, and yeah, it happens. I, and I like that now they have B modes for these things. It's like yes. that and Navi oh, River Journey. Yes. So they yeah. don't have to shut the ride down when the key animatronic isn't working. The B mode for Frozen as well now, because they were having so many issues with the sinking of the the faces. So I think they have one that's where the faces just are still still shot faces. I don't know if that's an official B mode or it just breaks uh, that way. <laughs> okay. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, so getting back to your must-dos. Well, the, 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 uh, those were my must-dos. Those were your must-dos. done yours. So okay. your morning and your must-dos. Okay, so... Well, we'll start with just explaining how Ron and I work as a couple. So clearly Ron has explained that he is more of the uh, planner in our uh, duo, if you will, in terms of preparing almost to the minute, uh, the process of getting to and from the parks and then while we're in the parks, et cetera. And that is all fine. And I enjoy and appreciate all of the work that Ron puts into it so much that I, I'm more of a laid back Person. I mean, there are plenty of us who are laid back Disney goers. I don't need to have my Disney day planned to that level, but I appreciate the work that goes into it from my family. So I, I guess I can't complain there. But but because I am not very much of a planner and I am pretty laid back, I kind of just go with the flow. I kind of follow the crowd a lot when I walk in. I kind of just sort of take in the scene. I, I like, you know, get my bearings. I've walked in, right? I'm like, okay, there's the, the firehouse. Okay, there's the uh, Mickey meet and greet uh, building. And, oh, look, there's the Starbucks. Oh, oh, look, and there's my family already running off to get the photo. So I'm usually... You in know, the Emporium, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. I usually <laughs> often will run to the nearest place with some air conditioning, which will be the Emporium. And then I'll and then I'll get a text from the family saying, "Hey, we're getting coffee." Oh, great! I'll meet you there. You know, so I'm just much more of a relaxed, easygoing person as I walk through. And then when the family is all ready and coffeeed up and photoed up, I'm like, "Okay, great. Where are we going?" And I haven't thought about it because I, you know, it's just not my net in my nature. Um, but if I had to truly sit and do it on my own. Maybe I should do a solo trip one day, <laughs> to be honest, to see what happens. But if I had to do it on my own. How much does I'm Laurel just, accomplish? In, in I know, what would I get done in a day? You're there long enough. Let's give you a day on your own. I'll take Andy to another park or something. Lord, no, I don't want to be tested this way. Um, honestly, I'm going to my pure joy. These are the things that I get the most joy out of. And it's going to be Fantasyland. I am going to, you know, haul my tukas to Fantasyland once it's open, of course. And then I'm going to be doing as much as I possibly can in there. And then I will enjoy the rest of the park. And I know that might be a little bit controversial. um, But for me, 
I have so many core memories in Fantasyland. I mean, I would say Tomorrowland as well, but I have so many core memories in Fantasyland. But but I truly want to make sure I get as many of those memories with my daughter early in the day. Multiple reasons. Um, she's still a big napper, loves a good nap. I appreciate this. But I know that that nap is going to be coming after lunchtime sometime. So I want to make sure we get as many of those things that she really likes done then. Um, on top of that, if you haven't had breakfast yet, you know, maybe you're a late breakfaster, you know, a bruncher, we'll say. Um, they have a number of different options available in Fantasyland for delicious snacks. Gaston's Tavern. Yep, Gaston's Tavern. It's a great place to get a cinnamon roll or if you want to go to get some, well, they, they kind of rotate at uh, Friars Nook, uh, but for a while it was tachos. Uh, sometimes they have different kinds of breakfast sandwiches. It just kind of depends on what they're offering. It's very seasonal. You can also get the Cheshire Cattail if you are a big Cheshire Cattail person. I'm not sure that one doesn't open so a little later. Most that of one time. might be, but uh, again, I'm thinking by the latter end of my fantasy land time, but I'm just saying there's a lot of delicious things that are already open there that you can go get. You know, so that, that, you've got me already thinking about the Gaston's Tavern because I'm not a huge Lafouse brew person, but that cinnamon roll. Yeah, right. It's better. So I miss the pork shank. The, so I'll say this, you know, I'm not going to knock the Mickey cinnamon roll because I'll do anything Mickey shape usually. I mean, you, you put Mickey on it and I'm going to eat it. But I'll say this. The Gaston's Tavern cinnamon roll is a fluffy brioche style very different than what you get any place else in the park which is a little bit firmer um yes. sometimes even a little staler because it's been around a while for whatever reason they have made that brioche one just oh so good and you can ask for extra icing uh yep. pro tip um i'm an icing person on my cinnamon roll and i'm gonna some- slather it with icing girl <laughs> telling you yeah so so that's what i mean like for, for me i'm really just gonna relax it relaxingly make my way out to fantasy land and i'm gonna get going um so that that is my morning now in terms of my must-dos while i appreciate all of the must-dos that you guys have mentioned you know i have my my list for you know oftentimes very nostalgic reasons um the first thing no matter what and i could probably live without everything else but this one is going to happen. Um, it's going to be the Mickey meet and greet. Now, you know, everyone's got their own things about Mickey, Minnie, the gang, everything. But I've got to do Mickey because it is probably the number one core memory I have about my Disney trips as a family. The first memory I even have about Disney was our dad taking us to go meet Mickey. And I remember it was a rainy day. And it was pouring and, you know, we ran out of dry clothes and mom is scrounging around for some dry, <laughs> some PJs that were packed in our backpack. And we were wearing PJs and we we're going in to meet Mickey and dad's with us. And dad goes, hey, this is my friend Mickey. <laughs> and, and, and it's just and we touched Mickey and we have these great fo- this great photo on our wall at the house um, of our dad basically introducing us to Mickey. And I've got my hand on his nose and Rachel's touching his I don't know his whisker it's great and it's just you know which one of you is which in that one well no it's the back of our heads but I like to think it's me touching his nose so I'll just go with that 
but, <laughs> but, but yeah, so it's just one of those moments that's just going to be so solidified. And, you know, I remember taking Andy to go see Mickey the first time and it was a joy. Um, now she is not a big character meet and greet person. So, you know, now, you know, we're very choosy about when we take her to see Mickey. We want it to be very positive. So if we're not having a really positive experience, we'll probably bypass it. I won't lie. But there also will be times where I will say, Andy, you wait here. I'm going to go in and see Mickey and I'll be right back. So, you know. That's true. Actually, it was a breakfast. You, you, <laughs> yeah. you didn't want to leave, even though we were done eating. Because you wanted to finish meeting the character, so you had me take her to the lobby. Yep, yep. She was, oh, she was ready to, she was done. I was like, no, I'm sitting here, and I'm waiting for Mickey. And I waited, and he and I enjoyed my, you know, I don't even remember what I had, a fruit salad, whatever I had left. And so we sat and enjoyed it together. I said, Mickey, I've been waiting for you. Uh, but yeah, so uh, meeting Mickey is like the number one thing for me. Um, it's just, it's yeah. it's like seeing a celebrity for me. So that's me. Now, the other one I will say is only controversial if you have family members um, in your party who can't uh, participate in fireworks shows. Maybe you have different kinds of um, ailments that might be uh, disrupted by the flashing lights or disrupted by the sounds, things like that. I get that. Fireworks shows are not for everybody, and I'm certainly not going to push them on people. But uh, we have lots of fond memories as a family going to fireworks shows, and I will say if you really love a good show, then Disney fireworks shows are the bomb. Okay. And usually the ones at the castle are the best. So I am going to make sure that we have planned our day to where I can get a good fireworks show in. Um, yes. So that's like definitely on my must do. And then the other, I would say is a daytime parade and you know, the daytime parades for Disney have changed a lot over the years you know, I always still enjoy them no matter like what kind of level or what the theme is, et cetera. I would even say that maybe some of the ones that um, over the years have gotten better, frankly. Oh, I agree. Uh, what I really love about it, though, is that for us, because our daughter is very character nervous, <laughs> we'll say, um, she feels safe with the characters being afar. And she does really enjoy kind of getting everybody like, all in one, if you will, like getting a whole slew of characters in like a 15 minute period, I will say is kind of a joy for her. Um, one of the last times we took her to a daytime parade, like she kind of hustled her way up to the front. <laughs> so, you know, cause I guess that's what you do when you're three. So, um, so just cause she had to see them all now and, 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 and nobody came and touched her or anything like that. It, it was just like for her, it was, she was close enough. She got the joy she wanted without having any of the nerves. So I, I will say there's a lot to say about the daytime parades. Definitely worth making time in your day if you make it work. So those are my must-dos. All right. Do you want to start off with your three restaurants or your, your two restaurants and your snack? Um, okay. So, um, okay. Magic Kingdom. Counter service. Let's start with counter service. I am choosing Columbia Harbor House. And the reason why I'm choosing this is because they still have one of what I would say is my favorite vegetarian or ve I think it's also, it may also be vegan um, dishes on property. I like to do one of my meals, vegetarian, vegan, 
each day. That's just me to sort of help me with my sanity and to make sure I'm maintaining, you know, my diet and I'm not overdoing it on the, the, the foods that are too bad for you. Right. Um, yeah. Just to make sure I've, intru- I've increased the amount of vegetables uh, and fibers and things. So um, I enjoy their uh, Columbia Harbor house sandwich. It's a delicious broccoli slaw sandwich with like this um, homemade hummus. It's so, del- it's so good. And it's so simple, but it's it's a deceptively delicious sandwich. And I appreciate it because it is not, you know, a salad, frankly, or like a vegetarian soup. Um, it's it's something unique. It's something different. And it tastes delicious every time. So I'm always going to go to Columbia Harbor House. And then for table service, I'm picking Skipper Canteen um, for a lot of reasons. It's very Such popular, right? It's very popular now. Um, they do serve alcohol during during the day. Uh, which is unique for the Magic Kingdom. Well, not all the table service do now. Right. But, I mean, it's it's unique for Magic Kingdom because you can't walk around with alcohol. Like, if you want to have an alcoholic beverage, you have to be at one of the sit-down restaurants. Um, but, yeah, it is a unique experience. So, if you know that you're going to want to partake in an alcoholic cocktail of some sort, it's a great restaurant because theirs are kind of interesting. They have, like, a little special cups, things like that. Um, oh. But other than that... I also really appreciate that there is um, something special about the food. It's unique. It's got a lot of flavor. Like we're talking about dishes that are a little bit more exotic, a little bit more interesting. So this isn't like, you know, chicken nuggets and French fries. Um, But I'll say, you know, our picky eater daughter, she'll eat a bowl of udon noodles or, you know, some basic, you know, noodles. She'll always eat that, which they brought to her, which she had enjoyed. Um, so definitely worth a look if you're really interested in something a little bit different and you're open on your palate. Um, also, it's really great for vegans, vegetarians, because they have some really unique dishes that are available in that repertoire. Again, kind of something I like to think about. And I, then I, for... The quality uh, of that meal is really good. Which one? Say, the, I've heard the quality of that food. The food at that restaurant is also I, really fine. I would, yeah, it I would is say. definitely my favorite. I think by leaps and bounds... Uh, value for money wise, particularly, yes, I would agree. It's the best food in the Magic Kingdom, and the curry is hot. Like it's not, you know, mild. Like they, I mean, they're, they're serious about the seasoning here. Um, and I will say consistency, like because we've been probably three times now, give or take. Um, and that's over like probably a I don't know since it opened, since, yeah. yeah, since it opened. And so that's a that's a number of years. I mean, that consistency, it's always delicious and it's always good and it's always great service. So, I mean, I can't deny the fact that, you know, it, it is one of those restaurants. If you don't have a reservation, it can be hard to get into. So definitely something to think about. It can be. It, it can depends. Be, yeah. depends. Uh, like we've had a couple of times where we've even had reservations. And then, you know, even with reservations, you can still be waiting a little bit. So it is something to remember, you know, when you're looking at when you're when you're getting reservations at some of the more popular restaurants, they are going to be very packed and crowded with reservations. Like it's always good to just be patient, make sure you check in and they'll try to get you seated as quickly as you can. But but definitely a great restaurant I, I, for some, I would even say it's probably their must choose. Um, and then for snack, I'm going to be going with Sleepy Hollow and I'm going to be getting that waffle sandwich. Now, depending on the time of day, maybe I'll get savory. Maybe I'll get sweet. Um, all of them are delicious. And I am, by the way, I'm not a huge waffle person. So I should say that I should start with that. But I love these waffle sandwiches. So, hey, I'll take them. So that, that is my list. Uh, 
Yeah, the waffle sandwich is great. It's not a snack for one person. It's a That's snack true. and split it. That is it's a, a meal point. for one person. Yeah, yeah. We usually get it and split it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it depends on what time. We'll get the, we've gotten the Nutella one for bre- at breakfast. Yeah, we've also gotten that in the evening. Uh, well, in the evening, but like in the late afternoon as, as well. There's but the open. spicy chicken one was one of my favorite snacks I've ever had. Yeah, well. that one's good. Like the chicken and waffles one. That one's delicious. Uh, Rachel, do you want to go? Sure. Uh, I would say that for me, I um, I, I honestly am not a huge fan of of most of the food at the Magic Kingdom. I just think that the Magic Kingdom, in comparison to all the other parks, is probably the lowest on the level of of quality and deliciousness of their food. But that's probably just me. So I've that's never been, you been to Skipper Canteen. I know that's true. I've never been to Skipper can Skip Skipper Skipper Canteen yet. I was gonna say I actually have not had any of the items that you've listed. Um, really? Yeah, I've never had an opportunity you to actually. Had this, the you haven't had the Columbia Harbor House vegetarian sandwich. I have not had that sandwich. No, I've it's been to Columbia Harbor one. House before, yeah. um, and I, I still have never had a chance to go get the waffle sandwich. And I I have not had a chance to uh, to. Um, to eat do, the other item. Do you want to know as one of my secrets? Oh, so I actually end up spending a significant amount of time in um, the uh, Liberty Square area every time we go to Disney and Magic Kingdom. I, I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure why this happens to me, but I can, I, I will tell you why I'm fairly certain because I'm a big daytime parade person. And I almost always like oh, yeah, I find out, yeah, if I get the schedule, I go, okay, great. So we got to be in, you know, Liberty Square so I can catch the daytime parade because they have some of the best locations to sit and wait and wait for the parade, in my opinion. Because you have a turn right there. Right, exactly. Um, there, And also it's so kind of jammed, it's kind of packed and compact, I should say. So you can easily walk like to a couple of stores to get your waffle sandwich. You know, Ron can go wait in line for the third time to get on Haunted Mansion, you know, while I watch the parade, you know, so it, in a lot of ways. It, oh, and, and there's a lot of shady spots. So if I have Andy napping, I might have her in the stroller napping and I can be in a shady spot while I'm waiting for the daytime maybe for the latter daytime parade for me. So I do end up spending a lot of time in Liberty Square naturally. And so I've eaten everywhere in Liberty Square and I love it. So I don't know. It's just grown on me, I should say. Yeah, no, I hear you. And I I think that that also makes it, you pointed out something really important. It makes a huge difference. A lot of the foods that you're going to end up eating in your theme park really depends on which areas you tend to spend the most time in. So I, I think... For for me, uh, I always want to do things that, you know, for me also just give me excitement, right? I love a good themed restaurant. So even if the food is not the greatest, I, I still am going to love an amazing themed restaurant because that's why I'm going to Disney. I really just want something exciting and fun and different. Um I can say that me and my husband tend to spend a lot of time on Main Street, <laughs> which is probably why we both really love Casey's Corner. Um, and I also kind of think that 
you can't really mess up a hot dog. So, so I, I, I know that the food I'm getting from Casey's corner is going to at least be solid. It's going to taste good. And, and, you know, it's going to be like your, your classic amusement park style food. True. Plus they, they have an amazing frozen mint julep, which is delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, they also uh, do specialty hot dogs. So it's not like just your basic uh, hot dogs. Uh, so they, they usually have something for everybody. It's in, and you're also really close to the piano player. So they usually have some outside entertainment happening in that area too. Um, yes, but I just do. Yeah. And I, I mean, I just love Main Street. So, I mean, if I end up eating midday around there, I also might also get lucky and catch the Main Street players one last time before they <laughs> head away. Uh, or even sometimes the, you know, the Dapper Dan's. So, uh, you know, that, that area. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you can, you, you can certainly catch a lot of stuff just by hanging out around near Casey's Corner on Main Street for sure. They also have a vegan meal available at Casey's Corner, just in case if anyone's thinking about that. Um, it's just you and me. Um, but yeah, and, uh, I've had the vegan dog before. My mom had it before as well. You know, mixed reviews, but I'll say I give them a, a lot of props for, for trying to make it interesting. For sure. And um, I love the corn dog nuggets. Yeah, Ron loves the corn dog nuggets. It, Casey's Corner is super classic. It's classic Diz. Uh, I mean, it feels Diz, you know? If if we get there early, like if we're going to wait to watch the parade for like an hour, not the parade, the fireworks for like an hour or something, true. we're going to wait. I'll usually go get the corn dog nuggets instead of like yep. a popcorn for us. To sit yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy is a, you know, she's a child of discerning Disney snack taste. She's all about the popcorn, the French fries. You know, so so yeah, we'll usually end up getting some Casey's Corner French fries and some popcorn for her, and she that's her dinner. And she's delighted. Andy, you can mobile order at Casey's Corner yes, too. That's yes. true. That's true. I always appreciate a good mobile order. If I was going to do table service for me, it, it's always going to be be our guest. Uh, I would do breakfast, lunch, or dinner at be our guest. I mean, the the quality of the food is is pretty good. Um, it's obviously, I wouldn't say that it's like the greatest food I've ever had at any table service restaurant at, in the entirety of Disney World. But when you match what you're getting for the quality of the food there, and you consider the fact that you're inside an amusement park, and I'm in, in a restaurant that is entirely themed to Beauty and the Beast, which of course is, you know, obviously a classic and one of my favorites from my childhood. So I'm I'm never going to turn down an opportunity to have dinner with the Beast. So... <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just, and you know, because you do also get a character that comes around. Uh, obviously, the beast comes in, and you also get to float around and look at the different rooms. That's um, there, there's also magic. There's magic in this restaurant. I mean, goodness. Um, <laughs> so um, I know. Obviously, they have the enchanted rose as well. So, like, all the rooms are are great. I think I've eaten. In, I think I've eaten in two or three of the different rooms in that restaurant. And I think, I feel like I've eaten there probably at least three times, at least three times. So um, it's, it's a great, it's a good restaurant. Uh, I I know there's a lot of mixed opinions about that restaurant, but you know, again, it's a theme. It's all about a theme. Now it is is a little bit on the pricier side, but again, just like you were saying, it really depends on what matters for you. And, like you said, Rachel, you truly appreciate a really well-themed, well-thought-out, full-embodied experience. You know, yes, the yes. food is just part of that, clearly. And you realize and recognize that you're in a theme park and this is like, you know, this is part of that experience. 
But the fact that you're literally walking into the movie and it's winter because, you know, it's like snowing in the background, like all of that. Right. The ambiance, the beast has come and done his walkabout. Yep. I mean, it is it is as close to being in the movie as you're going to become an animated character. <laughs> so I'll definitely say before the menu change, it would have been at the top of my list or near the top of oh, the list. Before they switched I the don't like the prefix. Yeah. yeah. I think you know, I, I, I've, but I've, I've done it both ways there. I've done the prefix and I did it obviously the, the original way where non-prefix. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't hate the prefix, but I do, I, I do think that in some ways that kind of allowed it to be a little bit more of what they wanted it to be, but also it forces people who really want to have that experience to then go for that opportunity. So it allows more people to actually, you know, get access to this restaurant. Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, that restaurant was a little too inaccessible. So it was, it was almost um, a negative in my opinion, because yeah. I don't want to go to a restaurant if it's that difficult for me to get in. I mean, <laughs> if you get, I mean, so many people would be heartbroken because they just they, exactly they only exactly. turn so many tables, but now that they've done prefix, they technically can turn more tables more quickly. Yes. Yes. You know, I mean, and, and it also by setting the cap there, basically saying like you have, you are going to be paying this amount of money. It means that people who are coming to this restaurant can't just come in and order one item and then leave. And then they've wasted this entire reservation that are like another group of people who would have sat for an entire meal would have had the opportunity to experience. So it just I, kind of sets I get the that. tone. It's, yeah. it's, it sets the tone and intent of what this restaurant is supposed to be for. And again, like, um, there's always a balance at Disney, okay? Yeah, you know, there's a balance. Exactly. And um, since you mentioned balance, this is like a good, uh, good way to segue into my snack. Because uh, for the longest time, I would have said that my number one snack must have, in fact, I probably have to have this at least once on every Magic Kingdom trip, is I have to get a citrus swirl at Sunshine Tree Terrace. Um, Me and my husband are very opposing on the snacks. Uh, He generally wants the snacks that I don't necessarily 100% need all the time. But he, he of course, is like a Dole Whip person, and I'm always going to be that citrus swirl. I don't really know why I'm obsessed with the citrus swirl, but I just love it, love it, love it. You've Um, always liked orange-flavored stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, this is true. I probably I like the concept of, you know, like a dreamsicle. <laughs> yes. I was about to say you're really a big dreamsicle person. Yes. And so I, I generally have always getting, you know, gotten this snack, but on this last trip that we went there, I branched out and I did something a little different uh, only because uh, Aloha Isle had finally caught my attention because um Aloha Isle is really not just your pineapple Dole Whip stand anymore. They really have, I think, expanded their options. And they, I think, recognize that not everybody just wants pineapple. You know, now they've got coconut. We've got lime. We've got raspberry. We've got been like 60 years of just pineapple. Yeah, for, for real. And 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 I'm all about tradition, but I also appreciate that you that you've branched out and you're giving me something different, and you've themed your your floats and beverages to different things. So uh, I I'm a deep coconut lover. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a, I'm really deep into the coconut love, uh, along with my citrus swirl, of course. So I finally uh, decided, you know what? Instead of getting a citrus swirl today, I'm gonna go over to Aloha Isle and get 
uh, something a little different. And I got the tropical serenade and I was certainly serenading. I was floored by how amazed amazing that drink was i mean it was a coconut soft soft serve with pog juice so um pog juice well, should we talk about what pog juice is absolutely it you know basically it's passion it passion fruit orange juice and guava juice all blended together and it is something special it is a unique choice in fact i don't normally go for pog juice because it's it's not orange juice it's, <laughs> so it's sweet it, not it like is, it's saccharin sweet, but it is sweet. It is sweet. But when they mixed it with that coconut soft serve, which is also a little bit of a lighter flavored choice and not as sweet of a choice, it was perfect. Were you like, were you like, was like I was like, this is like speaking to me. <laughs> like this is this is my dream come true. Um, and of course, they just topped it off with an amazing uh, accoutrement, uh, the icing on the cake, if you will, which basically was a cake pop that they shoved into the the float, which was a pineapple upside down cake pop. Whoa. Just delicious. I mean, I I, I still like dream about it. In fact, I, I hope it's still on the menu whenever we go back because I'll probably be walking. I'll probably be double dipping, walking with my citrus swirl and my <laughs> tropical serenade at the same time. <laughs> I'll have brain freeze and then you'll have to come find me and I'll probably be stuck there with Aladdin and Jasmine and... <laughs> or, or getting on jump cruise <laughs> also, you'll have to rescue me uh, but, um, but yes those are those are those are my treats and sit down restaurant and of course uh counter service and ron what's your what's your choices my counter service may not have the best food but i think it has the best overall experience and that's going to be cosmic rays yes starlight cafe yes. because Sunny Eclipse is one of those things I didn't grow up with. He didn't show up till I was a teenager, but my time in my time there in college, particularly, that's where we would eat and just hang out like three, four rotations of his shows sometimes because we just wanted to sit in the middle of the day and relax if we were there all day, uh, if we rope dropped or something like that. And the Sunny Eclipse show is a great little animatronic show. It's mm-hmm. one of the things that makes Disney Disney. It's dinner and a show. And, well, and it's an air-conditioned area, right? Like, if I recall, I feel like it's there's a service cafeteria, right? Yeah. yeah, but it's, I mean, it's mostly basic theme park burger kind of food. They do some specialty burgers, which I've enjoyed all of the ones. I had that Mr. Toad burger Yeah, uh, they had for the 50th. They also have... If you go to any of the specialty parties, they always yeah, have some sort of burger. Halloween or <laughs> Christmas-themed burgers, always good. I miss the toppings bar. I hope they bring that back. It wasn't as much as the Pecos Bill's topping bar, but, like, I might go overboard on pickles when I'm there and <laughs> yeah, uh, and stuff like that. Uh, but, the you know, the food's decent. I've never had a bad meal. It's just never been one of the best, but... But I think this goes into the category of what we were saying, like, you know, about the theming, right? And the ex- the whole the experience, The show makes right? up for it, yeah. And they're fairly, I can't, is there another place on Disney property where you can sit down at a counter service meal and just enjoy an animatronic show? I, I don't think there's anything else. It's solely unique to that restaurant. Yeah. So, it, I mean, again, it, it's... Yeah, now that, you, now that you mentioned it, I think you're right. I yeah, it's a one-of-a-kind Disney World experience. And, you know, here's the thing. You don't have to go in and get food just to go watch Sunny Eclipse. 
they have entryways down on his level. It depends on how busy. Sometimes well, they think you have food to get a table. That's true. Sometimes, in there. sometimes at lunchtime, they actually have some like this way in, this way out kind of line rules. But but I will say, you know, if you go during off hours during the day, if you want to go get a soda or like, a you know, some French fries and a soda or something, um, you can very easily just go in and pop in, take a look at his show. Um and it's also massive, so you're going to be able to get a seat. You're going to be able to get in and out, even if there's big lines. I think before, like, McDonald's went to Russia, like, in the 90s or late 80s, whenever that was, it was the biggest fast food location in the world was was Cosmic Rays. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. What are the odds? Uh, so where are you going for your table service? A table service? I'm actually going simple again because um, I knew what you guys were going to pick, but... I've always been partial to the plaza. Yes. It's sandwiches and burgers, and it's a better burger than you're going to get at the counter service. Mm -hmm. But the sandwiches are always good. You get a milkshake. It's cheaper than a lot of the others, and it gives you that yes. just little break. Yeah. And it's not always as – it's one of those things people don't flock to. So sometimes uh, it was an easier ADR. Sometimes they don't take – I don't even know if they take them right now. Sometimes – it's one of those day. The, for a while, it was day of. I'll have to look into that because I haven't. I don't remember if you have to. Because honestly, we've been going to Skipper a lot whenever we've had a table service meal, or as you, or we just go to somewhere the Monorail Resort for a late lunch. Uh, one of those sit downs, but but I, it's really well. I remember at the Plaza, there's also a couple of really awesome seating spaces where you can you can actually see the castle yeah if you, get, so, if you could get a good view it's a great like, view it's like a section with probably about a, five a meal where you get to look at the castle the entire time yeah sure. that, yeah like i mean the only other time to stare at the well i guess would be in the castle <laughs> but no yeah. i mean there's no other option to really sit and stare at the castle in air conditioning for a meal unless um i mean maybe unless you're at a party or something and they have that terrace open but but again yeah. Um, there's probably like a good core, like maybe six tables or so that have that really great view. And during the daytime, I mean, man, whew, it's a nice, it's a nice view. Yeah, it's it's great for that. Once again, it's not blow you away food, but I don't think anywhere in the Magic Kingdom really has blow you away food. That's Even true. Skipper is, I agree, very good. But honestly, if you're really looking for something that's if a little different, hop on the monorail, go to. Kona or Steakhouse 71 or Grand Fortin Cafe. Those are all or great options. For, you know, California Grill. Or well, I'm talking lunch options usually. That's oh. what I was thinking. But I, um, I would I would hands down always choose to go to one of the resorts near the Magic Kingdom for a midday break and, yeah. and inside a sit-down meal. Even, even if it's not one of the restaurants. You can still go to like their marketplace areas mm -hmm. and still get amazingly well-made food and still have nice areas to sit and enjoy and relax. Yeah. You could go to uh, Captain Cook's at the Poly and oh, enjoy yeah. some, you know, curry meatballs or yeah, something. Yeah, like like, I mean, excellent food at their little takeaway stand. Just um, depends on how much time you have. If you're there in the Magic Kingdom and you only have one day there, probably not the best use of your time, right? To do that, but if you're if you got a you know, a day and a half at the Magic Kingdom where you're going to leave and go back to your hotel in the afternoon or park hop. That's a great thing to do. And it's something I think is one of my real recommendations for people who are looking to do a little more leisurely. Mm -hmm. um, and then my snack, I'm not the biggest on sweets. 
So I'm going something a little savory, and they're not what they used to be. They're still very, very good, but I think of everything at Disney, they've been one of the most uh, – they've been one of the most things that have been raising the price due to, like, social media, like, really hyping the product is the egg rolls. Oh, yep. yeah. Uh, they're good. They used to just be real regular egg rolls, and I loved them back then. Uh, the cart was right next to me at uh, when I worked at the treehouse, mm-hmm. so I would you know have to smell them all the time. I think there's been on more than one occasion when I was working there, I would you know have a shirt run in, throw that over my like costume, grab them, and go back to the break room, which is right across the way. Do you, do you think that's why you're so into them? The nostalgia? No, standing even, there smelling them for four years. I liked them even before that. I thought I I love egg rolls in general. True. So, but now that they have like the Reuben or the pizza or the cheeseburger. And you never know. Like you never know what they're going to bring out. Usually, I mean, they've been consistent with those lately. For a while, they were really rotating them every mm-hmm. month. There was always, there was always either the pizza or the burger and they would rotate something else out. Um, but they're, they're good. Uh, I think value for money, they're not going to be a great snack. It's too, not entirely giant egg rolls. But, not, but now that they're bringing the dining plan back, you know, it'll be interesting. If they're going to be a snack again, yeah, if, that'll yeah, be great. If they're going to be a snack credit, because, I mean, a lot of those details are kind of TBD once everything's rolled out again. But that would be a good snack credit just because of the price per value. Yeah. Um, if it's still a part of the snack credit. So there may be some items. I'm going to be interested to see how the snack, uh, snack credit works, particularly – at the Epcot festivals where those items have also, some of them have gotten mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 10, 12, but we'll see how the snack credits really work on some of these items. Yeah. I bet you, I bet you those waffle sandwiches will probably be considered a snack as well. Talk I about. Don't think they Actually, were. I don't know if they were. Cause I think they're, they, Disney considers them an entree. We just consider them a snack because we split them. Yeah, that might be correct. <laughs> Maybe I'm kind of a little off on whether it actually is a snack or not. But oh, we've yeah. never had one. We've always we've used always it. shared one. Cut it in half. Because what we always tend to do a either early, very early or late breakfast, early lunch, or late lunch. So at some point during the day, we want a bigger snack, yeah, and that's, that's what that's always filled for. That. So I think that covers everything we were going to talk about today, right? I think so. I think we've covered. I think we've covered a lot. We've sure. covered a lot. Uh, uh, but thank you guys uh, for listening to this episode of Mouse Birds. And do we want to talk about what we're doing next? We're going to continue this series, I think. Go through all the parks. We'll probably do Epcot next, uh, which might be a little more. We'll have to go with festival or without festival for a lot I, of these questions. So it, maybe we'll have to do two versions of it, ooh. or maybe even more. But, but we'll we'll talk about that. We're going to do something about Epcot next. Yeah. And continue the series there. Uh, on behalf of your hosts, uh, of myself, Laurel, and Rachel, thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye.